Hello and welcome to another episode of Beer Books with me, Daisy Ray. And me, April Berry. So we've got a bit of an episode with a difference today. Um, it's still a flash fiction episode, um, but our prompt, A Pocket Full of Stars, actually created quite a lot of interest. And we were looking through some of them and we just thought we'd just maybe go over a little bit about tips to writing flash fiction. Yeah, we've had interest from brand new people and they've not written for beer books before and some of them haven't written for anybody before, which is one of the things we absolutely love on this podcast, if I'm honest. So we're going to give you a heads up about writing flash fiction, not teaching you to write because you're already interested in writing and lots of you already do write, but writing flash fiction for this particular podcast. Yeah, so one of the things, one of the best pieces of advice that we can give you is go and read as much flash fiction as you can get your hands on. There's so much of it available online, lots of it's free, so you can try Smoke Long Quarterly and Wigleaf. They've got some good names, haven't they? And any of the Bear Books flash fiction anthologies, if you can afford to get some anthologies and support the indies in your life, find out what you like, what you don't like. There's no point in writing a story about something that you're not interested in yourself or it doesn't spring from your imagination. So that should give you some clues as to what you might want to write for yourself. If you kind of go do, go out and do a little bit of research, etc., before you start. Fantastic advice. Use your title. Really make it count. Use it to set your scene. A good title can change the context of your story. It could offer some sort of explanation. It could shed some light. It could fill a plot hole or offer a teaser. You could use your title to explain character flaws. You could set expectations. In essence, use your title. It's your best friend. And it's not part of your word count. So take advantage. There are no rules against a long title. Within reason, don't go mad. Yeah. And one of the things is, so when we put the prompts out on Bear Books, don't forget you don't have to use that as the title. Come up with something a little bit more imaginative. Don't follow my example. Of course, in, in the flash fiction that you write for the podcast, you've only got 500 to 1,000 words to play with. So do you really need all that backstory? It's possibly not. Chop it all out. Get rid of it. Use only necessary dialogue. Cut out the really unnecessary adverbs. You're looking to make every single word count. Flash fiction has an urgency that's different to other types of stories. So think about each individual sentence. Practice by picking out your best five sentences and then ask yourself, do I actually really need what's left? We're not just saying use five sentences. That'd be a damn short story, but it could help you write a bit smarter. Yes, definitely write smarter. Sometimes flash fiction is a little bit mistitled, maybe. Um, flash fiction is not poetry. Some people do class it as such. I've heard it myself when I've been to some poetry events locally. And they're not wrong per se, but for bare books, your story must have a full story arc. Just like any story in flash fiction, there has to be movement. Things have to change. Your plot should be central to your piece. Channel your inner storyteller. Think beginning middle and end and be candid write about the things that matter to you if you can do that then your reader is going to feel your words and you'll have them hooked 
Go to places you don't want to visit and write about that. Be brave. It's worth it. It really is. Yeah. So how about some structure then? Some good tips. Not rules, just tips. Try to stick with one point of view. This gives you time for that extra vital piece of information that could make or break your story. We are getting a tiny glimpse into somebody's life. You peep in for a second before the door is slammed shut. We don't need a backstory, a cast of characters or a long piece of dialogue. Shine the torch, then switch it off. I love this point. And not that I want to be contrary, but details are important. Don't just tell us he was an angry man. How was he? Why was he? And the best piece of advice is edit, edit and edit. And when you think it's complete, go back and edit it again. Really can't sort of stress this enough. I've fallen into this trap so many times, so I can speak from experience. Um, I have got Daisy to edit my stuff for me. So, you know, I've, I've got a little bit of an advantage. And I am no expert, trust me. Don't, under any circumstances, finish writing your story that you're so happy with and email it off to wherever it wants to go. Write it and then step away from it. Leave it alone for a while. Then go back to it with fresh eyes. Get some feedback if possible. Don't be precious about your writing. It will improve with feedback. And the more critique you give, the better you'll be at spotting issues in your own writing. So you and your fellow writers can learn from each other. So the last point then, for today anyway, is have fun with your writing. Go wild. Unleash the beast. And did I mention? Editing. (laughs) Of course, you've got to edit. So what we're going to bring you now is a piece of flash fiction that prompted the narrative that that Daisy and I have just gone through with you. Yeah. So this is a brilliant example of the type of flash fiction that we look forward to reading, enjoy reading, and it's an emotive piece that had me in tears, if I am perfectly honest. So we are going to hand you over to the author herself and she will read you her story for A Pocket Full of Stars and it is JJ Grafton. Sean Brannigan had magic at his fingertips. Nothing strange in that. Nearly everyone in Ballycombe lately had at least a smidgen of magic, even if it was only making sure the chickens laid large brown eggs every day or conjuring up sunshine on washing day. Sean Brannigan was also a lucky man, having married Mary, his childhood sweetheart, as soon as they had both left school and were earning enough money to rent a small cottage on the outskirts of the village. One of Sean's favourite sayings was, Into each life, some rain must fall, because above all else, he was a pragmatist who knew that everything in life had to be paid for in some way. The rain in Sean's life fell in the form of his marriage remaining childless, due to an accident that left Mary wheelchair-bound and unable to bear a child. But their blessings far outweighed these things, and they lived happily together for many years, Sean tending their small patch of land and Mary knitting shawls as light as gossamer, which she sold for extra income. Every afternoon, as the sun began its slow descent, 
Sean would wheel Mary to the village green and they would sit and watch the children play before they were called in for bedtime. Sometimes a boy would fall and scrape his knee or perhaps a girl would twist her ankle while skipping rope. Sean would beckon the tearful child over to where he sat on the grass beside Mary's wheelchair. Now you know what's in my pocket, don't you, he'd say. And the child would nod in eager anticipation, all his friends crowding round to watch. Yes, Mr Brannigan, would come the answer. A pocket full of stars. Aye, that's right. Sean's hand would stray to his pocket, teasing out the moment. Now look here, and don't blink or you'll scare the magic away. He'd slowly hold his hand out, palm upwards, to reveal a shimmering, glimmering, beaming, gleaming, swirling, twirling light that dimmed even the sun in all its glory. Are you ready? Aye, Mr Brannigan. Sean would blow gently on his hand and the light would flow up into the air, dancing wildly before fading and sinking back to earth. Is your heart gone now? He'd ask and the child would rub the spot that had been troubling him, eyes wide in amazement as he nodded his head vigorously. Now, that's your star, and it'll never leave you as long as you never do or say an evil thing. Do you understand? Mary would smile indulgently as the child ran away. You and your tricks, she'd say, and Sean would just smile, because he could never bring himself to disagree with his beloved wife. And so the years passed, as they do, and more than one generation of children were healed by Sean's pocket full of stars. The day came when Mary, the light of Sean's life, went to her heavenly rest, leaving him a bereft and broken man. His only desire was to follow Mary, but he knew he couldn't take away the life God had given him. So he eked out his days, neglecting his lands, letting his crops wither rather than harvest them and eating only enough to keep him alive. After a while, his friends called at his door, saying would he not join them again on the village green? The children missed him and his pocket full of stars. He smiled sadly and shook his head, turning out his empty pockets to show them. I have no stars, he said. I never understood it, but my magic came from Mare. And now she's gone. So is the magic. That night was a bad one for Sean. Sleep eluded him and at last he gave up trying to nod off and made his way down to the village green where all was in darkness. For many hours he sat on the grass gazing up at the stars high above in the heavens and thinking of his lost love. As dawn stole away the darkness, the villagers came out of their cottages and slowly approached him. First it was Agnes Flynn who knelt before him. Holding her hand out, she showed him the shimmering, glimmering, beaming, gleaming, swirling, twirling light that danced on her palm. Remember this, she said. You gave it to me when I fell from the oak tree and bumped my head. She blew gently on the light and it rose a little way into the air before settling gently on Sean like a silken cloak before disappearing. Next was Padre Quinn. I got a bloody nose when I tripped over a tree root. You gave me a star from your pocket, and it made me a better person. 
I give it back to you with a thankful heart. One by one, the villagers gave Sean the stars they had nurtured for many years. And with each one, his soul became a little lighter and his mind filled with love. Until at last, he put his hand in his pocket to find it full of stars. He had no words to thank his friends, but they understood and returned to their homes, leaving him underneath the oak tree that had stood there for centuries. For the last time on this earth, Sean put his hand in his pocket and drew out not one, but a whole pocket full of stars. Cradling them in both hands, he drew a deep breath and saying, I'm coming, Mary, he blew gently on them and they spiralled up to the heavens taking Sean with them to where his beloved Mary was waiting for him. Thank you very much there to JJ Grafton for providing and reading that story. I must admit, I did get goosebumps as she was reading that. It is a good one, isn't it? It is a perfect example of a flash fiction that uses emotion. Sean Brannigan, the main character in that story, had me in floods of tears. It was just oh, one of those moments. We've had some wonderful, wonderful stories while we've been doing the podcast. We do fully appreciate everybody that takes time out of their day to participate in any way with the podcast. We absolutely love it and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts because without you, we wouldn't be here doing this. We seem to have gone a little bit awry, though, in, in this episode and also the next episode next week. We have a little bit strange, yes. I mean, normally we will read a book, we will invite the author on and we'll have an interview, talk about the book and the writing process and everything else. But for the next episode, our guest is Anya Fox. Now, Anya writes under a pseudonym. And people don't know an awful lot about Anya. We don't know who the real Anya is, but she did want to be involved in the podcast. So what we've tried to do is find out who is Anya Fox. So Anya, for reasons known to herself, and it'll become apparent when we go through the, the podcast next week, doesn't like to appear in public so what we did was we sent a load of questions off to Anya and we have had somebody read them out for us so it didn't just sound like me and Daisy droning on for half an hour. We did. We had a, um, what did we have, a voice floating around in the attic we could use for that one? We did, yes. So we, we pulled a voice out of the attic. So next week we've got Anya Fox allowing somebody else to tell her story about her stories. You'll understand it perfectly next week. Make sure you join us on Wednesday. Take care of yourselves. Yeah, take care of each other. See you next week. Bye. A chunk of today's advice has come from the very wise Cathy Hoyle from Writers HQ. Thank you for joining us. Now you've had a listen, why not pop over and join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to send in your flash fiction submissions, you just need to email us at bearbookspod1 at gmail.com. And now that you're part of the Bear Books family, why not share us with all the bookworms and creatives in your life? <laughs>